Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Screen Heroes, your film and TV podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. This is episode 230. Merry Cagemas to you. I am Derek, your regular host, and I have with me my two other lovely longtime regular hosts, Ryan. Hello. And Ray. Hello. 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 We have a lot of ground to cover today, so we're going to kick things off. Basically, we'll start with our new segment. We're going to be focusing on the Disney announcements across Disney proper, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. And then we will talk Ghost Rider, the 2007 Nicolas Cage movie as part of our Merry Cagemas holiday season. And then we will wrap things up with a discussion on chapter 15 of The Mandalorian. So news, there were a ton of of announcements from Disney this last Thursday enough that they probably could have held their own virtual one day convention, but yeah, they had their shareholder meeting and that basically made a bunch of info leak out into the world. And then they just kind of rolled with it and released a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Trailers yeah. news. Yeah. They could have done their own DC fandom easily. Um, yeah. If we had known we could have planned an episode just for that, because there's literally a ton of stuff yeah so i figure let's we'll we'll start with star wars and we'll end tonight with star wars we'll just kind of bookend it so these are the projects that have either been confirmed as of this week or announced as of this week so reconfirmed projects include the bad batch which is an animated follow-up to the clone wars obi-wan kenobi which is now going to include hayden christensen returning as anakin skywalker we got a sizzle reel for Andor, the Cassian Andor show. Mm-hmm. And we finally got confirmation of the thing we were all guessing, which is a Rosario Dawson-led Ahsoka series. In addition to that, they have announced a Lando series. We don't know if Glover is attached or not. They have announced a Rangers of the New Republic, which um, we'll talk about. The Acolyte, which I know Ryan has some things to say two animated shows visions and a droid story and then a film which will be directed by patty jenkins a rogue squadron film did i miss anything i don't think so nope okay except they didn't announce my yoda my yoda uh series that i've been hoping for i'm sorry so ryan why should we care about the acolyte well, right now it's kind of hard to, but um, <laughs> the, the premise is really good. And, uh, you know, it's probably not going to be very thrilling if you're not somebody that's a fan of the Old Republic. Um, but as far as just pure storytelling goes, everything else pretty much that they announced is, or a lot of the other things they announced are characters that have already been in Star Wars. We've already seen them a bunch of times. They're all in the same, like, three time periods within the three trilogies. Um, so nothing really exciting with this one, but the acolyte takes place like thousands of years in the past. And uh, it's basically the, uh, the fall of the old Republic from the point of view of a Sith acolyte in that time period. So you're getting the point of view of a bad guy 
Um, we don't know if he's going to be like redeeming himself to become a good guy. I assume that's the way it's going to go. Cause it's really hard to, you know, have a bad guy straight up. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. The old Republic is, is something we haven't seen before. It's a whole new time period. That means all the fashion is going to be different. All the weapons are going to be different. You know, all the places that we may have seen in our current, you know, three trilogies is going to be different and look different if it's even around then. So it's pretty and Tatooine's cool. like a forest planet at this time, right? Similar. Yeah. yeah well, I think it's fully ocean actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Ray, is there a project on this list that jumps out to you? I think I'm most excited about Ahsoka, especially after her episode uh, debuted. But honestly, if a lot of them are going to be at least in the style a Mandalorian, I think I am definitely going to have a good time watching all this. That's fair. It's hard for me to pick just one. Obviously, Ahsoka is very interesting. I think for me, I, I, if I had to pick one, it'd be the Rogue Squadron film for, for two reasons. First off, I like what Patty Jenkins has done with Wonder Woman, and so I want to see her do more stuff. And she has a background, uh, a personal family background in like fighter pilot type stuff. And so to see that brought into the Star Wars universe, I think could be really cool. I like Rogue Squadron. I liked the old games that focused on Rogue Squadron. I know this won't be connected to those, but just stylistically, I like that side of the Star Wars galaxy. So that would be my pick, even though it's the only film that was discussed. Yeah, it looks cool. I liked the video game, but I mean, outside of that, I don't really, I'm not super familiar with Rogue Squadron, but I'll be excited to see the show or the movie, I guess in this case what do you guys think of hayden christensen returning in obi-wan force ghost or nothing yeah i mean it was what's it gonna be he's gonna be showing up like all burned up in the darth vader suit like oh, come on they're not gonna for i mean i hope they don't force him you know it's the force get it <laughs> um him to do that because that would be stupid it would be like fan service he, either just his voice you know in like a force ghost form or for fully formed force ghost but i'm glad he's getting work again i'll say that he's not horrible yeah i mean that's definitely fair he's a good, um, he's a decent actor he's just didn't really get much work after after looper i think was the last thing i saw him. was a looper i can't remember what, not looper i don't think he was, was a looper. jumper jumper that's what it was so many errors i can't remember right <laughs> i think so, so for time frame perspective, this is supposed to take place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. So, you know, Obi-Wan and Vader are both still alive at this point. I guess what they could do is borrow from one of the things that was created in the new trilogy and allow Christensen's Anakin to project himself to Obi-Wan, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm good. Now, there is some stuff that alludes to them actually having a battle, actually confronting each other and, and having a rematch, but why would he not have the full Vader suit on at that point? And then what makes it Christensen? Will it be his voice? Cause that would be a pretty big departure. Like it's nothing personal. He just doesn't sound like James Earl Jones. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, when they announced that, I mean, it's cool. I want to see more Vader, but I don't really know what Hayden Christian Christensen has to do with that. Fair enough. Anything else on Star Wars before we move on to Marvel? No. Nope. Okay. So Marvel announced and reconfirmed, I mean, a ton of stuff. I'm sure I missed something here, but some of the big highlights, they have officially confirmed that there is a Fantastic Four film on the way by director John Watts, who's also directed Spider-Man. They've confirmed Ant-Man 3, which uh, already has a title, Quantum Mania. They have announced a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Is that um, a movie or a, sh or a show? Did which they one? specify? The Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Because it's a holiday special, my assumption is it's a straight to Disney Plus production of one-off. Okay. That's how I understood it. They also announced officially Moon Knight, and we got um, an I Am Groot short series. It's a series of shorts that will be coming out. They also announced Armor Wars, which will star John Don Cheadle as Rhodey and a secret invasion project. Whew, it's a lot of stuff. Didn't they also announce Ironheart? Or did I miss yes, they did. Out? See, I knew I was going to miss something. Yes, Ironheart. 
And they confirmed casting in She-Hulk, I think, which they hadn't done yet. And Tatiana Maisley had been denying for the last, like, couple Right, so now she can finally talk about it. I'm sure she's thrilled about that. She's a cool casting choice. I'm really excited that they're bringing Tim Roth back, who was Abomination, way, way back. I think Rachel Call has been, I don't know if she called that specifically, but she's been talking about his return for a long time, so or at least wanting it. I don't know if you necessarily predicted that it would happen, but it's very cool that that finally came to fruition. I was well, not a believer. The problem was, it, the problem wasn't the casting in Incredible Hulk. The problem was all the issues with Ed Norton. So Ty Burrell and uh tim roth and of course we've already seen william hurt come back they did great jobs as their respective characters so i'm actually hoping that eventually maybe we see the leader come back we see leonard sampson come in that we see hell even uh Liv tyler can come in now i doubt she's gonna have a relationship with mark ruffalo's but they could do the Red Hulk series as part of the She-Hulk and she could be the Red She-Hulk. And mm. that would, it could just be a lot of fun because they've already kind of have this gamma group just sitting there in the wings that they could explore. And I really feel like the She-Hulk show is going to be a nice way to bring these people back in but also explore her as a um, as a lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a good opportunity to bring, you know, bring back into the fold characters like like Matt Murdock, for example, you know, without needing to launch a yeah, brand. Yeah, cuz she operates in New York, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. She does. Yeah. Yeah. I think that uh, yeah, I mean Agents of Shield re- uh, has referenced abomination and like that he still exists in the mcu of course then then agents of shield has kind of not become mcu anymore since then but i mean it is i guess just different universe but well i uh, think the ms marvel show will bring them back in since uh kamala khan is an inhuman maybe Uh, but i mean that they referenced abomination so hopefully you know it would be nice to you know have that whole thing go full circle i'm glad they're bringing him back and uh you know i'm excited that's definitely probably my most excited looked forward to thing about that show is is him coming back because he really was great i actually like that hulk movie i thought edward norton was better than mark ruffalo and uh hot take uh but that is a hot take you know he tim roth was great so fair enough fair enough Mm -hmm. so kamala khan is an inhuman i didn't know that do you know if they're still like is that what they're doing in the in the MCU, or is that her comic book origin? That's her comic book origin. She, um, I believe she was developed in like 2014, 2015, and uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had just come out, and they were working with the equal writer, writers equally TV and uh comic books so they're they're doing their best to kind of make things connect but that she was sprayed with the mist and carriage and mist mm-hmm, and developed powers it was more of a rock in the show but i guess there might have been a mist at some point i, I just remember them touching a rock and that's how they all mm. turned, they it, turned into a rock and then they like busted out of the shell and they were like a cocoon type mm-hmm. i think but uh they, there's no reason why she couldn't be an inhuman in this it would probably be easier for them to just go mutant and probably have it <laughs> yeah. by that point and inhumans i mean unless you watch agents of shield or the dreadful show um you might not be very confident in what an inhuman is so right i'll be curious to see what route they go with it now we did get our first trailers for the falcon and the winter soldier and for the loki show anything you guys want to call out from either of those Loki looks way more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I honestly I agree. was like super uh, annoyed Loki was getting a show because of all the times they've killed him and resurrected him. But man, this looks good. It looks me, a lot like, of fun. It's like the fanboys and fangirls of Loki. There's like a very hardcore group 
of people that really love Loki. Uh, and that's fine, but they're just so extreme about it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's how why you got a show. But the show actually looks really good. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. It, I mean, at one point he looks basically like he's playing Constantine. Um, <laughs> it, but it goes through all these different time periods and different things. So I'm very excited to see how that turns out. Yeah, I think it'll be neat. I think he's going to be going through trying to get all the Infinity Stones from different universes for himself. Mm. like that's going to be the underlying plot i think well i mean people who listen to the show know i'm a sucker for anything that has time travel and multiple realities and stuff like that so this show is like tailored for me and i, I love tom hiddleston's version of this character so i i'm really excited about it i don't know i'm not gonna say it's what i'm i'm, I'm not what i'm most excited for i think it's still that's still wandavision but it is definitely up there i did like this i think it was new that like front crown horn piece he had that wasn't like a full helmet mm -hmm. that's new right i thought yes. that was pretty cool it was a very weird costume that i think i kind of love it's it's like his as guardian costume but mixed with like modern trash grunge kind of thing it yeah. was so cool it reminded me of a lot of cosplayers like wasteland versions of characters oh, yeah. and I just think it's a blast. I think it's uh, uh, going to be a very popular costume for cosplayers. Outside of the headdress, it seems like it'd be pretty uh, pretty easy. Mm -hmm. Anything else on Marvel that you guys want to touch on? Just really excited to see where they go. I don't want people to get super overwhelmed by what they're doing. This is a like this potentially has the birth of like comic books you know like at first there were only a few and now there's a ton and nobody reads every single thing that comes out every Wednesday so if you don't want to watch all the shows because they're not for you then that's okay and you know if you really don't like Kamala Khan or you really don't like uh, She-Hulk you don't have to watch it you're gonna be rewarded obviously if you watch everything but i bet you anything they're gonna do their best to create contained stories i'm sure they'll have a recap at the beginning showing all of the things that are important from all the shows so you're not like way behind absolutely but i was kind of disappointed that we didn't get a robbie reyes ghost rider show announcement because they could have had that and him and moon knight come together and do some cool stuff uh, get the more mystical characters in marvel together I'm sorry, but the only Ghost Rider for me is Nicolas Cage. I hey, I cannot hardly blame you for that. <laughs> but to be fair, you didn't watch Agents of Shield and seen the Robert Reyes version. So you're right. You're right. Seeing a charger, a full charger on fire was really cool. Yeah. All right, so uh, Disney proper and Pixar did some news as well. We don't have a lot of time to touch on them, so there's two projects that I want to touch on, and then anybody else can jump in too. One is there's going to be a Buzz Lightyear film. That is the origin of the person that the Buzz Lightyear toy in Toy Story is based off of. And this person is going to be voiced by Chris Evans. Now, I'm totally excited about Chris Evans uh, doing voice work. He has such a cute but also commanding voice. And I like that. I am a little... I, I don't know why they wouldn't bring back Tim Allen. Like, I know he's not the greatest person to work with. But he's also still on their show. Like their network rescued his show. So. Well, I, it is. It was canceled. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but they brought it back. Like they're still mm -hmm. making episodes. So I, I'm not entirely sure why he didn't just come back. Because, you know, in canon, Woody uh, is voiced by tom hanks in both the tv show he starred in and you know the character obviously the doll that we follow my only thought would be that they're gonna position this as this buzz lightyear person being an actual real human being and they just didn't license his voice for the toys that's fair that's my that's my guess the other project I wanted to talk about is because, again, of the voice actors. The So Chippendale Rescue Rangers is coming back. It was one of my favorite shows as a kid. And it's the two voices, Chippendale, are respectively John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. And I am stoked. To I'm have so happy. <laughs> right? 
I'm like, they gut punched me by canceling DuckTales after season three. And then they, you know, they, they Just bring when me they back. they were, you know, hinting at Goof Troop and Darkwing Duck and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. They were like, you could see these characters in the background. They were developing them. And I was like, oh, no, are they going to get rid of like all this cool world building that they're doing? And instead, I think what they're going to do is have like three seasons of each of these shows and they all connect. So maybe they're just going to bookend DuckTales and it'll have like this really great start and end. And then the other ones will kind of continue. Maybe. Darkwing Duck is confirmed, though. That is actually mm-hmm. happening. So Ryan, any any thoughts on these? You've been quiet. Not really. I have no interest in either of those. So (laughs) no problem. All right. Well, then, is there anything else on news that either of you would like to touch on before we switch topics? Wonder Woman 84 is apparently very divisive. And there's a lot of reviewers out there not giving spoiler warnings. So or at least one. So don't go read the variety interview or the variety review because it has major spoilers and no spoiler warning. At least last time I looked, no spoiler warning. Cool. Cool. But it was an 80, 89% of Rotten Tomatoes when I looked last. So that's not horrible. No, that's fantastic. All right, cool. Well, then we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will be celebrating Mary Cage Miss talking 2007's Ghost Rider. We will be right back. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. And we're back. Mary Cage Miss. Let's talk Ghost Rider. Mary Honey Cage. <laughs> For those who may not have been following along, we started celebrating Mary Cage Miss last week with 1996's Con Air. And this week we're talking 2007's Ghost Rider. Maybe next year Nicholas next year Cage. we should do happy haunted cage and we can do eight movies eight Nicolas cage movies <laughs> rachel just quit the show. the show yeah i don't know if you guys can see this but yeah rachel just left the show she quit <laughs> next week we're going to be talking the other 1996 film face off with nick cage and john travolta but we're going to talk- promised rachel is better than con air so but that's not a very high bar for her, for it to cross with her. But we're going to talk Ghost Rider tonight. Ghost Rider, the 2007 Ghost Rider film production budget of $120 million. That's right. Even though reportedly its budget was supposed to be literally half that, but the budget ballooned when Nicolas Cage was brought on board. Well worth it. So the, <laughs> um i'm not like a i'm not really familiar with ghost rider as a character outside of this movie to be honest with you i never read a comic i didn't see agents of shield and i did not see the sequel to this movie so this is it this is what i know about ghost rider wait so what have both of you seen this movie before we watched it for this okay Mm -hmm. had you yeah okay definitely i've watched this movie so many times so all right well let's talk about that then Ryan, why have you seen this movie a bunch of times? I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but I'm going to call it a hot take. I think this is outside of X-Men and Spider-Man, the best Marvel movie that came out before Iron Man. I mean, it's a pretty short list though. So I'm just, you know, like what's on the list. You got what the two fantastic four films mm-hmm. blade. You, oh, okay. So you think this is, you think this is better than blade or as good at least. Yeah. Ray, where do you sit? on that oh he's completely wrong <laughs> how dare you but this i is, am a hundred percent convinced that he believes he is correct because as i was watching this every line nick cage said i was like that's where ryan got his personality wow nick oh, cage wow. i feel attacked so 
Nick Cage, especially Nick Cage as Johnny Blaze. Except with better hair. You are him. I have better hair. Oh, okay. His hair was not great in this. (laughs) Well, reportedly, his hair piece took three hours to apply every day. That was probably not the best use of their money. (laughs) Or time. (laughs) Or time. The CGI abs were... Probably. They aren't CGI. They are too. No, they're not. The director <laughs> on the commentary said they were not CGI. They're not. The special effects guy said they were. Well, I'm pretty sure I'm going to take the director's uh, version of it over this special effects because I want to believe that Nick Cage was that jacked for that role. <laughs> okay, I so mean, here's here's I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there about the Blade thing because like you're you're talking it's hard to compare them directly because Blade is a very serious mostly grounded movie whereas this movie is they know they're not making a serious movie it's a campy and cheesy version of the character mm-hmm. and and it works for me on that level so it's really hard to compare the two but i think that they're both at the very least equally as good for the genre and the experience they were going for does that make does that make any sense i, I this one knew what it was and so did blade and they really both leaned into that and it worked for both of them. Fair enough. The writing was not good on this movie. I'm going to just <laughs> go right out there and say that, that the writing was definitely the worst part of the movie. And Nick Cage actually wrote some of the movie himself, which oh, really? kind of explains that. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. If you go okay. into the fun facts on IMDb, it tells you that, yeah, that he insisted he has a ghostwriter tattoo that they actually had to cover up for this movie. Mm-hmm. And he like really lobbied to play Ghost Rider because he's such a big fan of the character. And I, I, I think a lot of that came through. He was he seemed really into it for me. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's him, though. I don't know that I've ever seen him in a movie where that's, he wasn't giving 110 percent. Right. That's true. Even if the writing is terrible, even if the movie is bad, he still he trying. actually wants that. He wants the writing to be terrible because <laughs> it lets him go crazy. I'm going to go out on a limb and say the special effects were equally as bad as the writing. Oh, no, you're breaking my heart, man. It doesn't some of them, some of them, some of them were not good. Some of them were not good, but there was a few, I thought the transformation scenes were pretty impressive for 2007. Like when he first, some of them channeling Bruce Campbell and like starts laughing while his skull's coming out and all this other <laughs> stuff. Um, and the like, single shot that they do where it's like wrapping around his body while his feet are on fire and he's walking forward and then his face turns into the skull i thought that looked pretty good actually and then a lot of the scenes where he like came back from ghost rider into person form looks pretty good when he yeah the transformation scenes are not really what i'm talking about because those are better and especially there's one in particular where he's turning back into human form that looked really, really good. The one towards the end? Yes. Yeah, I thought that one looked really good too. That one looked really good. At any time, the um the the four the bad guys, the four dudes, whenever you could kind of see like their like evil mouth, so does whatever you want to call it, that's under their human face. I thought right. that looked really cool, right? Where you could kind of see like all the teeth and the, the weird jaw and stuff. Those looked good, but I thought that like the skull didn't look good especially considering the amount of work that went into trying to make it look good. They actually took like actual X three dimensional x-rays of his real skull to build this composite. And it just, it doesn't look like it fits right. And his, this, the body still doesn't match up because it feels like there's a person in there, but it should just be bones. And like, I mean, that's the way it is in the comic too. I guess on, I guess on a two dimensional comic strip, it doesn't, doesn't it's kind of like Skeletor, right? Like where you're not sure why he has all these muscles. If people that aren't big fans, obviously, I know why he has these big muscles in his skull <laughs> face. But you would assume he's a skeleton underneath there. But with Ghost Rider, we know he is. Do we? Well, his hands and have his you feet. seen him with his shirt off? So what? It's just his. It's just his exposed skin. A skeleton? Uh, maybe I don't know. I'm just saying. Ray, uh, back me up here. He's a skeleton fine he's a skeleton (laughs) is that all you have to say about this conversation yes about the special effects she's said everything she wants to say about this movie i think already (laughs) 
Now, I, okay, so I actually remember liking a lot of it back in 2007 when I saw it in theaters. Now, maybe I just had very low standards then, but... No, I you came, were actually really smart then, I think. I came out of it having a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed the elemental bad guys. Uh, I... Let's see. Um, at the end at San Vanganza. Oh, God. When let's he, not go into that hold on hold on oh, okay. I, I the special effects where he is half in the shadows and half not or partly and part not like that was really cool and when the guy was legion i thought it looked pretty cool too parts of it yeah there were a couple scenes or a couple shots where i wasn't too the red eyes great with it but yeah there were also were some that i was so um i i trying to find stuff that i did like um so nick cage was not bad in the role at all i think if he's gonna play a superhero johnny blaze works out really well for him and uh i thought he and eva mendez had fantastic chemistry together uh i believed like every one of their kisses and stuff uh every hug so that's good. There you go. Stuff I like. Okay. I fair, thought, fair enough. I, I also think, and we didn't mention this, that the motorcycle effects, basically all the vehicle effects, I call it vehicle, but like the horse and the motorcycle looks really cool. And the scene with Carter Slade and, uh, is that his name? Carter Slade? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Johnny Blaze when they're riding together was so cool man i still get chills when i see that i think it's really really neat and we can get into why you hate that later derek because i <laughs> no, know but... you you have the same problem with it i do but that scene yeah. in itself while we're talking about the special effects looked really really cool and like the ride is that, it's my background. favorite scene in the movie yeah you could have that as like a computer background or a huge monitor background and it would be gorgeous i, I think that the special effects still hold up and i thought i i still love that i i, I would watch a movie about cowboy ghost rider alone any day of the week absolutely really cool that's what i was saying to ray is like i'd rather almost see that movie for some reason it seems even cooler Mm -hmm. you know um and then ray was like they could do a crossover with van helsing i was like yes let's do that no 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 no. (laughs) or jonah hex yeah that's what i said they would be cool together I want Carter Slade and Jonah Hex to team up, and I want it to be Sam Elliott and Josh Brolin still. But if they want they to recast, that's fine. They've done some like Marvel DC crossover stuff in the comics before. I'm actually surprised they've never kind of put those two characters together. It seems like they would fit together really well. Of course, I guess the comic Jonah Hex didn't have the same powers they had in the movie, right? So maybe they wouldn't fit together as well in the comic yeah, books. Yeah, that gets complicated. You have two very period piece characters and they just, their entire philosophies and moral codes like line up. So I, I would put them together. For sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. I would watch it, but yeah, that's my favorite part of the movie is that ride. I think that's super cool. It still holds up. It really does. It's just, it's a huge (laughs) letdown at the end of it. Yes, it is. Yeah. That's, that's, I think all of our problems is that guy has basically been Mr. Exposition and helped Johnny, uh, for a good chunk of the movie. And then all of a sudden he wastes like his last powers getting, er, taking a 500 mile trip and his poor horse has to go back. I got so, one last ride in me. Let me just ride up to the bad guy and then let you do your thing. Like, right. The, the horse fades away with him. Mm-hmm. They, they are both just dead. Yeah, they died shortly after that. They went around the corner and they just fell over. It, no, they literally fade weird. off screen. Yeah. Like, they just fade away. It's just super wasteful, in my but opinion. Also, like, it raises a lot of questions about the horse. So, like, when the, when the devil gives Ghost Rider's power, he, like, keeps him alive every time he does these stunts and dies or whatever. So is the devil doing the same thing for the horse and for Carter Slade? Like, they get, he gets two free life passes, and the horse didn't even have to sign a contract. 
the horse just gets like this freeze or does it like whatever horse he happens to be riding so yeah. like he could be he could have multiple horses i don't know it raises okay, a lot of questions so i am not a horse expert <laughs> just throwing this out there i am not Derek is familiar so with you. uh devil contracts however if it were me, if I was Mephisto, I would just give him, like, a fake-like horse. Like, it's a demon horse. And it's not going to attack him, but it's that also like a better plan. not going to come... It's not ever die. going to die or... Right. Yeah. I'll say that the scene in the circus tent, like, when he's first getting the contract signed assigned i thought that was really cool like when the lightning flashes and you see like this hunched over like small figure behind him there was a lot of things in this movie when i'm watching it now that i go man these are really cool ideas visually this whoever this director is i still don't even remember who the director is but whoever it is he has a lot of really neat ideas and he like borrows a lot of inspiration you can see it from sam raimi and from like the evil dead trilogy oh yeah um, there was a lot of shots where I was like, oh man, yeah, he's definitely inspired. And I loved that. I love seeing that inspiration. So this is uh, Mark Steven Jackson, who did some other stuff. He actually wrote the uh, screenplay uh, for, for this movie. But before this, what basically, I guess, got him this job is he also wrote the screenplay for Daredevil. Okay. So that was, that was his as well. He also directed Daredevil. And that was four years prior to this. He hasn't done like a ton other than that. Nothing like, he, yeah, he did write uh, Christopher Robin, which is a completely different kind of movie. Uh, if anybody saw the McGregor film. Well, that just shows range. Yeah. Daredevil did have some uh, interesting shots and things like that too. You know, whatever you want to talk about the movie. And actually the director's cut is pretty decent. Um, much better than the theatrical cut at the very least. Absolutely. So, you know, he, he does have some good vision. I'm disappointed he hasn't done more work because um, a lot of the shots in this movie were extremely creative and not like things I've seen in superhero movies since. There is some cool stuff about it. Like when he's doing the jump, right? And, you know, some of the shots that they do are, are pretty cool. The, the, the jumps look good. They look real. They don't look overly CGI'd. The, like the, slow-mo over the butt. That looks, it looks cool with like the light, lights flashing or whatever, like kind of soft filter it had over it. It had some filter over it, you know, when it's from the side. Mm -hmm. um, that was a cool shot. And, I, and he, he did do a good job with those. I agree. And like some of it is fun. Like the, the helicopters are fun. Right. And that's where like, that's where some of like the little bits of good writing actually fall in is that kind of banter between um, Johnny and Barton or not Barton. Um, what's uh, Mac Max's name. Uh, Mac you know, was the worst written character in the whole movie. I mean, he was Mac totally. had the worst dialogue, but it where it's so like, good. you know, yeah, you know, I, I, I got rid of the cars. I totally got rid of the cars. And then, you know, six, yeah, helicopters, helicopters come down. which was yeah. a cool scene yeah it's a that's kind of that's the fun that's the good stuff mm -hmm. you know that that's the positive sides to this and i think if the movie was made today they probably just would have focused a little bit more on like the research side of things right they keep showing that johnny's got all of these books all of this text and we never really see him use any of it he looks at it but there, nothing comes of it you know, we see him reading it a few times, but he doesn't talk to the audience about it, and the director never really looks at what we're or what he's staring at. So we're not a part of that with him. And if he's been reading this his entire adult life, then I feel like as an audience, we're missing out on a huge chunk of who Johnny is. And also the jelly bean thing. I, I, don't, I still right. don't understand that to my to, to this day. I still don't understand what that choice was. Like, I know that it's supposed to be a replacement for alcohol for him because alcohol gives him nightmares or bad memories of his dad or whatever. But, but jelly beans, like, it was just such a weird choice. And that was a specific Nicolas Cage choice. So it goes back to that thing I've said in the previous podcast where he just tries stuff in movies and he, he throws shit at the wall and hope it works. Hopes it works. I think so. What I, what I think they were trying to do is they were trying to show that he has some emotionally stunted growth from what happened to him as a teenager, 
because he's got the jelly bean fixation. He's laughing at the, the stupid cartoons. Right. And when he, he really only snaps at somebody when they get in the way of his cartoons. Right. Or right. like he wants to watch or whatever the, the he's watching special on TV. or whatever. Right. Like he's still very juvenile emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that was all supposed to do. I just don't think it was cohesive enough to work. Well, you could see that from the beginning, you know, he's still in the exact same place that he was when he was, I don't know, a 27 year old, 15 year old. Because <laughs> um, he's still doing the same stupid stunts that he was doing then. And he was still um, behaving like running away and being reckless is the way to do this, the way to do things. So you're absolutely right. He is emotionally stunted and they, it, it, it's a level to the character that you're not necessarily paying attention to, but Nicolas Cage does a great job with, to be honest. I think that, that this movie, I won't say this very often, but this movie could have used another like 15 minutes of things mm-hmm. to like develop the book reading, develop the emotional, like, like how stunted his emotional growth was. Things like that would have, it would have benefited the movie in the end. You would have had a bigger connection. I also think he could have used a little bit more in the beginning to like uh, make his relationship a little more solid with the, with the woman. And then uh, I don't remember her, what her name is in the Roxanne. Movie. Roxanne that's what it is and then uh, also with his dad so that you feel a little bit more sad when his dad dies because that's a very rushed moment you're not connected to his dad really at all um, so yeah it could have used a little bit more time I think yeah no, I'm with you and it's not that it's a short movie it's an hour and 50 minutes but yeah I think if it was like 215 then you would have had the time to do all of these things and just kind of flesh it out a little bit more take it a little mm-hmm. more seriously maybe even like with modern technology today maybe even do a dh nick cage maybe 10 years earlier than we see him in, in the yeah, movie because that actor was not believable as nick cage young nick cage no, no but- they made nick cage look like him yeah. instead of the other way around you you make your younger guy look like your older guy didn't you learn the girl anything? looks great like super believable yeah. that was that was almost ridiculous how much they look like but yeah, that was perfect. But I think, it, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's hard to find someone who looks like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I would imagine. Um, but I, I don't even mean as a kid. I just mean like maybe, you know, when his tw- late twenties or something kind right. of at a midway point to kind of give us an idea of what's been going on because yeah. it kind of comes off like he had this bad day, right? He finds out everything, you know, he, he signs the contract, his dad dies, he leaves his girl, everything kind of sucks. And then Oh yeah, no, he's, he's just a very, famous stunt rider. He's just this famous stunt rider. That's it. And no big deal. Everybody knows him. He's just kind of like he's believed that this is hanging over him, but nothing's ever come of it. And so like it's a little weird. I yeah, now that you mention it, I kind of want to see the first time he tries to die. Yeah. You know, or like because you know there has to be some to dark stuff that. in there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because you know, there's 20, 20 ish years or something like that in between these two time periods. Right. And during that time, if nothing had happened, he probably would have like assumed it wasn't real. Right. Right. Because let's face it. Like if this is like based in real in some kind of reality, you would just think that there's no way that was really like a devil like creature. Mm-hmm. Right. But you know, he thinks this is hanging over him because he just can't seem to die. So what what was the event that made him realize it might not be him doing those stunts? That's that's, I think, a really cool concept. Yeah. And what about those alcohol fueled nightmares and stuff? Yeah, you know? exactly. That would, then, But then see, if we do, if we start going to that stuff, then that starts to become more of like that strays away from what the movie the theme is now because it is a cheesy movie that leans into that and if you start going into that stuff it becomes much less of a cheesy movie it becomes a much more serious movie which may be a better movie i could definitely appreciate a serious ghost rider movie but that's definitely not what they were going for with no this. it's just two different times i think ghost rider easily can lend itself to the dark gritty story and i think it would do really well as dark gritty here and uh maybe they do explore more of that darkness um it things like that concern me with you know the disney path that they're going down because you know moonlight is 
a schizophrenic and he's committed multiple murders uh, not because he's schizophrenic he just has really dark times dealing with his mental illness and uh, so I don't know how Disney is going to handle that stuff but they own Ghost Rider again and he is someone they have plans for so I, I'm just not Sure, and they have Blade. They could they all three of those characters coming together for like a Defender style. I, I mean, throw Daredevil in there too. He's he's got some mystical, a lot of mystical stuff in there, and that would be a really cool show. What what was movie. that brand? What was that brand they had in the nineties for the 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 dark Marvel stuff? It was called the Marvel Knights. Marvel um, Knights. They should resurrect right. that. That would be yeah. awesome. And they were all under the Marvel Max. Right. Uh, Which was like the 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 adult, yeah, thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Jessica Jones was under that. I think it's a good opportunity to resurrect something like that now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Disney because... Plus is, has that new thing that Disney, whatever the Disney adult thing that they're well, coming out with. So that's not here in the states. That's everywhere oh, else. Oh, is it here in the states? It's going to be on Hulu. Hulu, okay. And that's fine. And they're putting the alien show on Hulu, which, you know, is, is an FX property that, that they now own. And so I think Hulu would be a great place to put Marvel Knights. But are they going to have a Moon Knight show on Disney Plus and then have the character move over to Marvel Knights on Hulu also? That's what I would like that's where it to gets be completely honest, because I... I don't want the Hulu and the Disney Plus stuff to be completely separated from each other. Because then you have the same issues with uh, the movies and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where they're in the universe, but wait, they're not in the universe because that means everybody can't play together. And so... Yeah. Uh, I do want to say, like, this, this movie overall is... It's super cheesy and parts of it are much better than it should be, but it's still kind of like a bad movie. So I, I, f- I want to know the story of how they got Peter fucking Fonda. <laughs> uh, Nick Cage. It does, yeah. That, that would, that would be what does it. I mean, he has the star power to pull something like that. Yeah. I, he could always just ask his uncle. What? Nicholas Cage's uncle is Francis Ford Coppola. Right. So, he okay. Could, could have asked his uncle to call in. I mean, maybe he did. Anybody? <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he very well did. I will yeah, say. Obviously, I don't just dis- I don't agree that this was a bad movie. I think that it was definitely cheesy and fan- You know, it, it's better than like the Fantastic Four movies that came out and some of the other movies that came out during that. X Men Three. I think it's. I'd rather watch this than X Men Three. This was or- a better movie than X Men Three. I don't know. I can't say that it's a better or a worse movie than the Fantastic Four because I haven't rewatched those films. That's ever. fair. I haven't I rewatched s- them in a long time. We should probably I do that at some point. Saw them in theaters. I thought they were enjoyable for what they were, but that was like what two thousand four and two thousand six. Yeah, right, so, around, right in that time period. Yeah. I will say one thing that kind of bothers me on the rewatch is what happens to Johnny at the end of this movie, because the entire police force thinks he's murdered people and destroyed like dozens of vehicles. What are they going to do to him? Yeah. Well, I mean, something would have to be done. He's like a, he's a celebrity. People know him. You say that something would have to be done, but like he can just turn into the ghost rider and break out of jail. It's not like they can do anything to stop him. But until like, I still feel like there's a a step that's missed here. Right. And maybe that was resolved in the sequel, which I never saw, but I don't know how a guy who has that level of national attention could just like not ever be arrested again. I mean, people with money don't get arrested all the time. Honestly, I was arrested. The, I, I think the answer would be that he immediately goes dark for a while. He does not, he doesn't like be public. Also, was it explained that I just missed it that like the devil devil said that he would take take away the curse, and mm-hmm. then Nicholas Cage is just like, no, nah, I think I'll keep it, and yeah. then I was like, oh, I can't stop you now. I, I can only do it if you want. Like, does he say that you have if to you consent? You have to consent to this because like, couldn't the devil just take it away anyway? 
Yeah. So that's never really explained. I don't think it's not explained, but that's how it happens. Yeah. It's exactly how it happens. And I thought that that was really silly too. On the rewatch. I was like, Oh, this bothers me way more than it should. Well, especially because he's that character is not even in the sequel. So they yeah. have this big moment of I'm keeping my power and I'm going to take it to you. And he runs away scared. And then we never see him again. <laughs> And I never saw the, saw Ghost Rider again because as soon as I saw the trailer for the second one where he's pissing fire, I was I was out. <laughs> That's what Ray said. It's also, funny. in this movie, his bike is cool. It's like a chopper. It's a classic mm-hmm. motorcycle. Um, but it looks then, amazing. Yeah, and then in the sequel, it's like a Yamaha sport bike or something like that, which I guess they were just trying to be more modern. But it goes back to the to the Sam Elliott horse question: like, does Ghost Rider just get to like pick? anything he wants and turn it into a, a motorcycle or turn it into a ghost bike ghost and then the ghost gun at the end the ghost rider gun what was that uh i give a giant pass to that because that was fucking cool it was really cool <laughs> but also like he that, we never saw that power it was never established that he could just turn anything into a ghost rider powered thing so that was weird. And also when he when he gets the gun, I'm like, why is he taking a gun? He's Ghost Rider. What's what's a gun gonna do to this guy? I don't know. He had a gun and chains in the comics, so he had the to chain have him is here. cool. Did he have a gun in the comics, man? Yeah, so he had weird. a sawed-off shotgun a few times. That must be what it's from then. Even though this one was a lever action, but you know, it's still cool, I guess. <laughs> Details. It gives a cooler like <laughs> visual with the lever cocking and stuff like that, you know. And Roxanne so. looked good holding her own. And she blew his head off like Nick Cage or Johnny Blaze was just like shooting him in like the shoulder and stuff. She comes out and she just cracks him right in the freaking head. And it's like, man, she's she should have had this from the beginning. I mean, she should be the ghost, right? Yeah, definitely. She'd be way better. Ghost Rider news van. Has there been a female ghost rider in the comics? Uh, Roxanne uh, eventually marries Johnny Blaze and she gets powers of some kind, but I believe they're actually like more demonic and the two of them were at odds, if I'm remembering correctly. But that sounds I, interesting. I really didn't read a ton of Ghost Rider comics, to be honest. So I can't sit here and say that I know. Do their children ride around on little like ghost trikes? There is a what if X Men where the where Professor Xavier becomes a Ghost Rider and he has a Ghost Rider wheelchair. Oh boy, that's a I, real comic, man. I, I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> I just I wish feel, they made like an action might... figure of it because I would buy it. I would buy that. I feel like that walks a lion. Does um, it? We have to wrap up and move on Fine. to the Mandalorian. Any final thoughts on 2007's Ghost Rider? Um. Along with Mac, Blackheart was the worst. <laughs> yeah, they were both not good. Yeah, Wes Bentley uh, did a horrible job. Poor Rachel, guy. did you enjoy this more than Con Air? Yes. Okay. I'm just trying to keep track of where our Cageless movies are ranked for you. So we've seen three Cage movies this year. The Rock, Con Air, and Ghost Rider. How would you rank them? Uh, well, Ghost Rider would be number one. The Rock would be number seven. <laughs> And Con Air would be number 32. Okay. Wow, out of three. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah out yeah. of three. Okay. Well, we'll do a final Nick Cage ranking for all three of us after next week's Mary Cage Miss finale. So prepare yourselves. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will be talking The Mandalorian Chapter 15, The Believer. We will be right back. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. And we are back to talk The Mandalorian. Chapter 15. We've got one episode left bef- uh, before the end of the season. This is it. The season finale is coming up right here. And this is the uh, penult- penultimate episode, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And then we have to wait three weeks for WandaVision. Yeah, yeah. So and a year for another season of this show. 
yeah season three of the mandalorian is coming basically christmas next year yeah um i have a lot of thoughts on this episode so spoiler warning for the mandalorian chapter 15 i'm just gonna dive into something that i just have to get off my chest and figure out but is it just me or does the face scanner not make any sense at all and let me elaborate on what i mean by that so the computer has to scan a face. It can't scan a helmet, right? That's the big crux of the episode is the, the big MacGuffin is him r- removing his helmet. But unless he is a Imperial soldier at some point and everybody's just cool with that being the case, does it just take any face just so a droid can't use it? Is that what this is? Like, or am I missing something? I think they're just, they're, cause they explained that they would, uh, the other people would be incriminated earlier. So I think it just scans it against like known rebel uh, affiliates or something. They mentioned a specific term. I can't remember it in the beginning as to why uh, Boba can't go in and why uh, Ming-Na Wen's character can't go in um, because they, they would set it off or whatever. I just figured that was because they were wanted. Okay, right. well, maybe it scans it across wanted databases. But I don't know. But no, also, because Bo- because Boba Fett's uh, reference is to say that he's a clone and, or has the face of a clone, you know, so his face would definitely be recognized. So, I mean, I don't, I thought it was like rebel. See, but that didn't make any sense either, though, because you would think he'd be perfect for it then. Okay, yeah. And maybe it's just, uh, right? the, I don't <laughs> who, know. Who better than the clone of a trooper? What's it called when you have to prove you're, that you're not a robot in the, right. in the computer? That's basically what it is. Yeah. Isn't it? Click, check this box to prove you're not a robot. Like that just, I don't know. That just bothered me. It made That's no fair. sense. But I don't think we need to spend the whole time talking okay. about that. I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't like missing a line or something. It didn't bother me nearly as much as it bothered you. Okay. But, but, it, but it's a little weird. Sure. Well, cause it's just, look, if you want to get his helmet off because that's what you want to do in the episode, I respect that, but you could have just had the superior order him to take his helmet off or something. Okay. You know, I, I think mean, we're right? good. Okay. Let's move on then. Other, other thoughts on this episode. A lot of people like were really high on this episode. It was a good episode, but it wasn't like nearly as good as the previous two episodes in my opinion. I, I don't completely agree. I don't know why everybody is so high on this episode. I mean, it, Bill Burr is not my favorite comedian or actor anyway, but uh, you nah, know, he's a huge douche. Yeah, he's fine in this role. He just like right. it isn't a huge grab for me to for him to be there for me, and I don't really know why they brought him back specifically. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. It was a cool like you know infiltration. The, the moment at the table with with him and the, the two of them and the superior officer was pretty uh, good. It was well, really well done. It definitely reminded me Very of the scene in uh inglorious bastards yep 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 yep. same for me no that scene was longer so more tension got to build up but watching uh the the bad guy valen hess Mm -hmm. i think and then watching bill burr just get more and more nervous and antsy as he was watching him that was cool and, uh, of course, we're watching Jin just be completely, or Din, excuse me, be completely, like, freaked out that he's going to get caught. So, I I thought that scene was probably the best acted. Yeah, Pedro Pascal did a really good job with, uh, like, showing the panic in his eyes as mm-hmm. to, like, what is happening and hopefully <laughs> this doesn't you know do what i think is about to do i didn't i should have in retrospect seen it coming but i did not see him shooting that officer um it's a great moment yeah Mm -hmm. i mean it really is uh yeah just trying to because i don't really know much about bill burst i don't have much of an opinion on him so it's really just the character for me and so i just watching that it you know ratchet up i thought was really really cool and it's it's a tough comparison right because i mean at the end of the day you know Richard Brake is not Christoph Waltz, but that's he's a, a da- very good actor. Though. It's a damn good scene. Yeah, know? absolutely. I did like that this uh, episode seemed to set up uh, the fact that Mandalorian or that Din is going to be using his spear because you get that one shot when he's on the uh, fighting on the roof of the vehicle and he takes the dude's spear and throws it 
into the guy at the very end, clearly like trying to foreshadow that he knows how to use one of these. It's smart. Um, I didn't catch it. He's like definitely going to be using that in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when they use combat as a storytelling device. And so I think that's what they were doing here. Um, smart. Yeah. And that, that whole scene was really cool. The choreography was really good. I loved that he was, when he was fighting him, he was trying to block with his like Beskar armor and he doesn't have that. And so it's just like shattering the Stormtrooper mm-hmm. armor. Mm-hmm. Um, but There's also, some really key stuff here from Pedro specifically that has yeah. to do with the fact that he's in the armor all the time and he can't be in this episode. Because uh, I was reading this other thing that like you really paid attention to how Pedro acted, even with the helmet off he's acting like he's looking through a helmet visor, right? So all of his moves are very like Michael Keaton, Batman-esque, where he's like moving his entire head rather than like looking around like we would. And that's, that's even more impressive because he is not yeah. the main actor in the Mando costume most of the time. It's fair. Yeah, it really says a lot about his acting abilities. Well, and the directing, right? Because the director, you know, has has a role in that too. And so I think... That's like it's an attention to detail that helps really make this feel more real, mm-hmm. even though it's sci fantasy, right? And the armor point that you made, Ryan, is the exact same thing. He is used to that armor being there from for him to protect him, and this trooper shit is just not working. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and it, it brought up another to, to recap the point that I made last week, where like the trooper armor is completely worthless, but then in this episode. Uh, Cara Dune smashes two troopers' heads together. Their armor, their helmet, sometimes somehow stays intact, but then they're both knocked out. So, like the physics of this whole of the armor and like what it's used for and how it works is still extremely confusing to me. I don't understand what the point of the armor is or like how what's inside. Does it clearly is nothing shielded? Nothing is shielding your head or padding your head. Um, right. So I, I just don't understand it at all. It's really cool moments for fight choreography and things like that. But yeah, it, it reminds me of Batman Begins when they get the first set of materials in for the cowl and they're defective and they just shatter. So yeah. some some trooper armor is just defective. <laughs> that, dude, the fight <laughs> on uh, whatever that planet was where the uh, Jedi Temple was. The, the, None of their armor was withstanding that thing. All their armor is the exact same level of shittiness. Yeah. I no, mean, you're right. It's yeah. just weird. I'm trying to wrap my head around what the armor's for and how it works. And and yeah, in chat, Chris just brought up and said that it's an intimidation tactic versus functional. And sure, I can definitely see that. Although once you like see their armor crack into a million pieces, uh, it's much less intimidating. I always saw it as more of like a uniform they have to wear this because it's their uniform. But why wouldn't mm. you just make a more simple uniform then that isn't like full armor because it doesn't do anything? I'm with you. We it, don't it, have to spend more time yeah. on that. I just think yeah, that's... Well, think of it like this. The Empire has clearly proven time and time again that these people are expendable, that they do not care about their lives. And that's Bill Burr's entire point. Yeah, that's true. Maybe that maybe the armor is just to make the person wearing it feel protected, so that maybe they're a little braver or something like that, which would be a better. If you way think of about it, at. like they have millions of these stormtroopers, if not more, scattered on hundreds of planets, and they are easily taken down, like hordes of them. So you got to figure these troopers aren't trained very long; they're not. You know, between the stuff we know about Finn and the stuff from this show, the Empire just wants bodies, just warm bodies to face their forces because they know that the forces coming at them are a lot better, more skilled than what they have to offer. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, But then it kind of begs the question, though, if the armor is pretty much useless then why are there so many different kinds, right? Like I understand like in the snow, um, maybe you need merchandise. more <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> for, for the action figures. Yeah. I think it's really just a, sh- I mean, if you're trying to go for an in character or in universe explanation, it's more just like show what that, 
you know it's like the army and the marines don't really wear the same thing you know it's they have different specialties so they wear set different things and I, I would assume that it's similar to that i mean yeah. I, beyond that there's probably not a good explanation you know the death troopers or whatever it was in uh rogue one you know they were wearing that armor just to look badass and scary and that's basically <laughs> their entire function or maybe they actually got the functional armor who knows maybe yeah, the uh, best car. So the only thing else that I want to say, and I have to jet quick because the baby's crying. You guys can hear it. Uh, is I really like the pirates. I thought it was a cool, unique look. Uh, we rarely get uh, a look at people outside of the rebellion and uh, the empire. So this was just really cool to see a whole small sect of people doing their own thing trying to live in a galaxy that's ruled by other factions and uh it it made for a fun action sequence yeah it yeah. was interesting that's fair and it also helped add more to the end of the episode too where bill burr's character blows up the entire installation mm-hmm. you know because it, it goes to show that like we, we miss a lot of what the empire just does normally on a day-to-day basis. Cause all we ever see is the death star, mm-hmm. you know, and you don't see the engineers building the death star. Well, but you don't even see what happens on other planets. Like how are they taking right. over so much space? And it's because they're slaughtering people all the time. Yeah. The death star is a big deal, right? The you know, star killer base is a big deal, but there's other shit that goes on all the time. And a, even a small group, you know, of just, a random assortment of bounty hunters can do some level of good. They're trying to take their planet or their city back or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's something that this show and hopefully the other shows will be really good at showing the smaller scale, um, you know, the, the the little battles instead of the big wars. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Anything else guys, before we wrap up for the week? Nope. I'm ready to see that uh, Beskar spear against the dark saber. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair oh, enough. This, uh, the, the message that, uh, that the Mandalorian sent to Moff Gideon <laughs> was basically fuck around and find out. And that's basically <laughs> what he's saying to him. And I am ready for it. Repeating a bad guy's message back to them is big dick energy big beskar energy like times 10 <laughs> yeah like that was a fun callback and it did sound threatening oh yeah i wouldn't want to piss him off hmm. well and i don't think gideon is that excited about it either no gideon's not stupid he's very powerful and he's clearly a skilled fighter but he's not an idiot and we're and gonna I, get to see those dark troopers in action i bet you yeah i wonder if their armor is best man I certainly hope we get to see them in action. Otherwise they were a huge waste this season. (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) All right. Well then that's going to be it for us this week. Next week, we will wrap up our Mandalorian discussions with the finale of season two. We'll also be wrapping up Mary cage miss with a discussion on 1996's face off starring Nicholas cage and John Travolta. And of course we'll open up the episode with the latest entertainment news um if you want to follow the show please do we're at screen heroes pod on twitter or heroespodcast.com. you can also stream the show straight from our website you can follow us at heroes podcast network on facebook or join the screen heroes podcast forum group on facebook you can watch the show live tuesday nights and chat with us thank you to all who joined us we're have we have a big uh tournament going on that you can vote in there's news and memes and lots of discussion so go ahead and join our group and we're going to get going because the baby is crying and I apologize. Baby is insane. You can find me at the Star Trek dude. Ray is at Siren Ray. Ryan is at Buster Props. We are Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Have a great week, everybody. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>